Okay, so last week, we looked at the, the parable of the, the treasure, the parable of the great pearl, and uh, we talked about how Jesus is a treasure, and uh, we want to, you know, and we need to, we need to behold his beauty so that we can respond appropriately, right? So we need to see Jesus and uh, respond appropriately to his beauty. And so today we want to look at the parable of the sower in connection to that parable, like what we talked about in the parable of the treasure. Because we want to behold the beauty of the, the, the treasure of Jesus Christ, but at the same time, what kind of heart do I have? Like even, you know, as I think about beholding Christ and, and really seeing the precious pearl, do I have the heart that can receive the treasure of Jesus Christ? Does the word of God that's planted in my heart really bear fruit so that I can treasure Jesus in my heart? Because the same seed produces different effects depending on the character of the soil. So that's what we want to talk about here today. Okay, so first, the explanation of parables. The explanation of parables. Um, it says in verse 1, the same day Jesus went out of the house, sat beside the sea, and great crowds, great crowds gathered about him. And the whole crowd stood on the beach. Okay, so as great crowds gather, first thing that we need to remember is that not everyone there will believe in Jesus. Just like if you go and preach onto the campus and like all the crowds gather, not everyone will believe in Jesus. Jesus' goal, his end goal, is not to make everyone there uh, believers. Because that won't happen. He knows that some will believe and some will reject. Verse 3, and he told them many things in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow. So this parable that he tells explains what Jesus is doing when he tells parables. Right? A sower went out to sow. That statement is what Jesus is doing right now. He's preaching the kingdom of God. The sower is sowing the word of God. Okay, so, so he's explaining, even through this parable, what he's doing in his ministry. Then he tells the parable, right? The seeds fall on the path, the rocks, the thorns, the good soil. And now before Jesus explains the parable, he explains parables. Verse 10, Then the disciples came to him and said, Why do you speak to them in parables? Explain to us, why do you speak to them in parables? And he answered them, follow with me, he answered them, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. Okay, so Jesus responds to that question, why do you speak to them in parables? He responds to that question by first pointing to what God is doing through his ministry. He says that God has opened the eyes of some, but not others. So the secret, the secret to the kingdom of heaven is Jesus coming to inaugurate the kingdom of God. What will be revealed later fully to everyone has been partially revealed to some now through the coming of Jesus. That's the secret, the secret to the kingdom of God. God has made this secret known to some and not to others. So this is what God is doing 
through Jesus' ministry as he teaches the word. If anyone believes, right, as he sows a seed, and if anyone believes, it's because the secret has been revealed to that person by God. If anyone does not believe, it's because the secret has not been revealed by God. So that's what Jesus, that's what he says. Jesus, why do you, why do you speak to them in parables? To you it's been given the secret of the kingdom, to them it hasn't. That's what he says. But then he also says in verse 13, this is why I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. So think about this. Jesus just said, God has given the secret to you, but not to others. Right? So he places that um, responsibility on God. Right? God has given the secret to you, but not to others. But here, Jesus places the responsibility of not understanding the secret of the kingdom of God. He places that responsibility not on God, but on the hearer. This is why I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. So think about this. On the one hand, there is the decreed will of God. Some understand and some don't. When he preaches, whenever he preaches, that's what's going to happen, because that's the will of God. Some understand, some don't. But on the other hand, in the same setting, there's the rebellion of unbelieving hearts, that refuse to understand. So both are at play as Jesus preaches the word. God's sovereign hand revealing or concealing truth. And then also our part in receiving and believing the truth of the word of God. And Jesus says, this is why I speak in parables. Because parables serve both to enlighten and to harden. Through the parables, God will lighten the hearts of those who hear. And also through the parables, through the same parables, God will conceal and harden those who refuse to understand. And that is why Matthew inserts this explanation of parables in the telling of the parable of the sower. Next time when it's this windy, let's not use the tent. I don't think we need it. Okay, that's why Matthew inserts this explanation of parables in the telling of the parable of the sower. Jesus is saying that whenever he preaches the word, God is at work. God is at work to reveal the truth of the kingdom. But his word will always be met with different responses. So the implication here is that when we receive the word, we should check what soil we have in our hearts. God is at work. He wants to reveal. He wants to enlighten. He wants to reveal the secrets of the kingdom of God. He wants to reveal to us Jesus more and more and more. But at the same time, that, that word has to be received with the right soil. Let me also just say, as, a, as an application to this, that prayer touches on both of this, these aspects. So that's why when we receive the word, prayer is really important. Because when we pray, both God and I 
play a part, right? We acknowledge in prayer that God is in control. God, you are almighty. You have to do it. You can do it. You're the only one who can do it. That's God, right? But then also in prayer, we are the one that is asking God to do it. God, you have to do it. That's prayer. God is sovereign, yet I am being responsible to ask God to do it. So, as an application, even when we hear the word, the word has to be received with prayer. And that's how I'm going to apply. Now we're going to talk about the four soils. And that's how I want to apply um, the, each of the four soils with the prayer that we should pray in response to four soils. Okay, moving right along. Verse 18, the four soils. Okay, the, we're going to go over the four soils. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. Okay, so some seeds fall along the path. And the path is too hard to receive the seeds. So, so in this case, some hear the message of the kingdom, but don't let the truth penetrate the heart. The heart is just too hard. So even before they can understand, right? Even before they can understand how life-giving the seed is, Satan comes and snatches it away. So, so this is a situation where the person never gets to understand how good God is, right? how, how, how loving God is, how holy God is. That God was willing to forgive their sins through Jesus. The person never even gets to that point to understand it because the heart is too hard and it gets snatched away. That's the case that in any case where Jesus is preaching and in any case where the word of God is being preached, even today, that's the case. There will be hard hearts. So that means... That means even in this setting like this, this, this soil applies. It means that there are some people even here who are here but are not really here. Whenever the word of God is preached, there will be soils like this. Some people who are listening to the word but they don't really here. And that's why, like, you know, you might hear the words, but then after the service, like, you have no idea what I heard, right? Because Satan comes and snatches the word away. That's the seed that came, that fell along the path. The heart is too hard to receive the word. Okay, so, so in, in application, we said that God has to reveal the secret, but at the same time, we're responsible to hear. So that means Whenever we hear the word of God, we have to come with the attitude of, Lord, help me to understand. Every time we come before God in Sunday service or whenever you open the Bible on your own, in your room, we come with the attitude of, Lord, help me to understand. You see, again, both aspects are in play, in prayer. God is the one that has to reveal the secret. Lord. You have to do this. But at the same time, I'm responsible to hear. So we cry out to the sovereign God, Lord, help me to understand. 
we have that kind of attitude, we don't have a hard heart that the seed bounces off of and gets snatched by Satan. The second soil, verse 20, Esther was sown on rocky ground. This is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while. And when tribulation persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. And so other seeds fell on soil that had basically rocks. Soil, but it has rocks just beneath the soil so that the roots cannot go deep into and grow, uh, grow into that soil. This is kind of like sometimes, have you ever seen something grow in your gutter? Have you ever seen something green grow in your gutter? I have when I don't clean my gutter. But the thing is, whenever you see something like that, you don't have to worry about that thing growing into a tree. Why? Because you know that it's eventually going to die. And why is it going to die? Because there's no room for the roots to go deep in the gutter. But that's exactly what this is. This person hears a word, and initially this person shows signs of life because it says they receive the word with joy. But there's no root, and when there's no root, there's no fruit. This person's here for a while, but after a while they disappear. These are the people who come to God when following Jesus is easy, but then they disappear when following Jesus gets hard. These are the people who come to God, especially when maybe their friends are there, and then it's just like easy to come to church. But then when their friends leave, they eventually also leave. These might also be people who come to God when they need something from God. But then when that need is gone, so are they. The senior class at CLC is always smaller than the size of that class when they were freshmen. Why is that? Why is that the case? It's almost always like that. Because there are hearts that initially receive the word with joy, but no fruit, but no roots means there's no fruit. So how do we pray in response to this this soil? Again, we come before the Lord with the attitude of, Lord, I can't do this. You have to develop the roots in my heart. When I receive the word, allow it to go deep into my heart. We play our part. Part of it might be going home and and, uh, reading over your notes and meditating on what you heard. But again, it's something that God has to do it. Something that God has to do. Part of it might be me going to small group so that I can process and digest what I heard. But again, Lord, you have to give me deeper roots. The third, third soil, verse 22, as for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. Okay, so some seed fell among thorns. An example of thorns that Jesus gives here is the desire for riches, right? But the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches choke the word. 
So this is the person who receives the word and really wants to follow Jesus, but at the same time, he has a competing desire in his heart, a desire for riches. And that desire for riches eventually wins out. That desire for riches chokes out the kingdom desire for Jesus, and the person ends up unfruitful. He said, Jesus says, the deceitfulness of riches. The deceitfulness of riches. So maybe this person was thinking, maybe they initially had good intentions, you know? Maybe this person was initially thinking, oh, I'll make lots of money so that I can give it to God and to his mission's work. But then the deceitfulness of wealth took over his heart and choked the word of God. Thorns can be deceitful, meaning thorns might not even be bad desires, right? They can be neutral things. Wanting to make money isn't necessarily bad. It's a neutral thing. It could be neutral things. It could be even good things, good desires in my heart that come against eventually kingdom desires that choke the word of God. Now, Jesus gives one example, right, of riches, but this can apply in, in so many different ways. There are so many even good things in our hearts that we desire that can come and choke desire for kingdom things in our hearts. Good things like health, relationships, marriage, children, all of these things are either good things or neutral things that can actually take out the desire for Jesus in our hearts. Let me say this, especially since it's the beginning of the year, for those of you that are students starting out, be careful with relationships in college. Be careful with, you know, when I mean relationships, I mean like romantic relationships. Be careful with relationships in college. That's a, that's a good thing. It can be a very good thing. But be careful with it because if that in, like, it engulfs you, and if that's the thing that you desire most in your heart, it can easily wipe out a desire for God your heart. Okay, so the application for this is uh, we come before the, before the Lord with the attitude of Lord and we acknowledge, Lord, I do have thorns in my heart. Might not be a desire for riches, but I do have thorns in my heart. And we acknowledge that for the word to bear fruit, God, you have to remove the thorns from my heart. Notice this, the rocky ground person falls away because of, he says, tribulations and persecution. So difficulties. The thorn person falls away because of the cares of the world. So difficulties can cause us to fall away. And the desire for even good things cause us to fall away. So, uh, I don't think, like, out of the three unfruitful soils, like, I don't think it's, like, going in sequential order of, like, worst to best, you know? Like, I don't think Jesus is saying the path, the hard path, where Satan, like, that's the worst, and the medium, and then, you know, intermediate and the best, like, the thorn out of those is the best one. I don't think that's what Jesus is saying. Only the good soil bears fruit. 
the rest were all unfruitful. So this parable is showing us that there are many ways to be unfruitful in our lives, and ultimately that there are many ways to perish in this world, right? There are some who hear the word and they don't even give Jesus a chance. They never step foot in, in, a, in a church building. There's a way to perish. There are some who did some spiritual things in college, uh, showed signs of life, received it with joy, but eventually the difficulties of life, whatever, there's another way to perish, being away from Jesus. And maybe there are others who lingered for a while, temporarily had a genuine desire for Jesus. But then eventually, like, life gets more complicated. Right? Like, young adult life, struggles with that, like, marriage, whatever. And eventually, just the concern, worldly concerns, choke out the Word of God. And so he's saying, like, there is a way to perish like that. There might be someone who's like super devoted to God in their 20s and 30s, and then they're nowhere near God in their 40s and 50s. There are different ways, multiple ways, to perish in this world. Verse 23, as for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word, understands it, indeed, bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, another sixty, another thirty. So lastly, seeds fall on good soil. This person hears the word, by the grace of God understands the word. By the grace of God the roots go deep. And again by the grace of God he eliminates the thorns that would potentially choke it. And so this is what God will do in the heart of the person who will truly hear the word of God. He will bear fruit. And notice that the amount of fruit varies. In one case, 100. In another case, 60. In another case, 30. But in the way that Jesus sees it, in the way that he tells it, they are all fruitful. Okay, So it's, the point is not about the amount of fruit, just like we see in the parable of the talents. The point is not about the amount of fruit, but the point is just in the fruitfulness of this heart that bears fruit from the seeds. So we come before the Lord with the prayer. Lord, I don't have to be the most talented. I don't have to be the most extroverted. I don't need fortune and fame or whatever. Lord, may you bear fruit through me. And again, we pray these prayers when we receive the word of God because it is he that reveals the secret of the kingdom. God has to do it. But he does it in the heart that eagerly seeks to bear fruit. Uh, let me just uh, finish with uh, a couple of stories, um, a couple of illustrations. I think this is the attitude that we need to have whenever we come before the Word of God. 
let me just say this. Like, um, so, so obviously, we don't have uh, PowerPoint slides anymore on these outdoor services. I want to encourage you to bring your Bible. Do people still own Bibles these days? I'm not really sure because people are always using their phones, right? You know? And uh, because we don't see the verses up on the screen, I want to encourage you to bring a Bible. I want to encourage you to or actually open up the app. Follow along. Um, click. Click and highlight. You don't actually need to bring color markers. You can actually click and highlight and have use those features. With the with the with the with that attitude of wanting to wanting to receive the word of God. So that it's not one in one ear, out the other, like I'm out after service, Satan snatches the word. Attitude. Attitude to receive the word of God. What do you do when you misplace your cell phone? What do you do when you when you can't remember where you left your phone? You're looking all over the your your apartment, your house, you look in between the cushions and the sofa, you look under the under the bed. I can't find I can't find my phone. So and the problem is oftentimes for me, I just uh, by default I keep my phone on vibrate so that you know when it rings it's not loud and things like that. So what do you do when you misplace your cell phone? You probably get someone, maybe your roommate or something, you get someone to call your phone, right? But the thing is, because your phone is on vibrate, it's not going to go off. You can't just like, you know, so what do you do? Your phone, your, your phone, you know that it's going to, it's going to buzz. So you say, everyone, shh, quiet, listen. That illustration works better when it's really quiet. The effect kind of works. Everyone, quiet, listen. Because you're trying to carefully listen for that vibrating sound. I think that's really the attitude that we need to have when we come before the Word of God. And you're, you're saying to my heart, heart, quiet, settle down, listen. God is speaking to me. Listen to the Word of God. Carefully, intently, hearing the Word of God like what I'm hearing matters to my soul. Lastly, this one time I met someone who had been at that point a Christian for about two years. And uh, he was a very enthusiastic person, always greeted me with enthusiasm. Hello, Pastor John. Very friendly, uh, very enthusiastic person. And uh, one time, you know, he was a very uh, relatively young Christian. One time I had a conversation with him about the fact that like, he brought up the fact that like he tends to sleep a lot. Um, and then uh, and then when he said that, I told him, oh, you know, like when I was in a um, seminary, one of my professors, like he, he, he would just like his his perspective was um, uh, he's gonna go full speed for God while he's living on Earth. 
to be able to live for God because his attitude was there is an eternity coming where he can rest. Okay, so he's going to minimize sleep and go full speed for God, live for God, do as much as he can for the, you know, like to build God's kingdom and equip his leaders and things like that. And that was his perspective. So I shared that with him. Some people live like that, where there's eternal rest coming, so this is the time that we have to be faithful and to work and to do the work that God has called us to do. And when I said that, he said, Pastor Jones, that's very convicting. What you're speaking, those are good words, but it's very convicting. Several weeks passed, uh, next time, and I saw it. Again, he greeted me with enthusiasm. Hello, Pastor John. Um, and uh, he, and then he goes, Pastor John, I remember what you told me before when we had that conversation about you know, trying to sleep less and things like that. So I said, Oh, okay, so how are you? He goes, I am very tired. Then he says this. He goes, But I took it to my heart. What you said, I took it to my heart. And again, may that be the attitude that we have when we hear the word of God. God, you speak good words to me, and I will take it to my heart. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you give us your word to enlighten us. To reveal to us more and more of Jesus. Because that is the desire that you have. Help us, Lord, to receive the word with an attitude that bears much fruit. Help us to receive the word really treasuring Jesus, understanding that he is the precious pearl. Whenever we come to the to Sunday service to hear the sermon, go to Bible study to study the word, Open the scriptures in the quietness of our own room to meet Jesus face to face. Help us to receive the word because you speak good words to our hearts. Thank you, Lord. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your constant patience with us in ways that you're always faithfully at work to draw us closer to you. And we pray that you do that step by step today, tomorrow, throughout this week. Especially as we begin this new semester, help us to get off on the right track, really treasuring Jesus and being able to receive the word of God with a proper attitude so that throughout the semester, Jesus will become more precious to us. Be with us even through this week as we study the word. For all the different limitations that we have, we know that we cannot limit the word of God power of the word of God. So be with us and use your word to change our hearts. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the unchanging covenant love of the Father God, and the fellowship and the strength and the power of the Holy Spirit be with you both now and forever. Amen.